Well, welcome everyone to Politics for the Soul. I'm Bill Hackett. And I'm Elaine Hurd. Welcome, everyone. We're so glad that you're joining us again on this beautiful day. Thanks for listening to our podcast. And if you're new to the podcast, we address different topics uh, of politics, of life. And uh, today, Elaine, um, we're talking about some an important topic, uh, voting rights. And we're also recognizing the fact um, that it's uh, Martin Luther King's birthday. So if you'd like to lead off with this and and give us some insight. Well, Bill, Martin Luther King was one of the greatest civil rights leaders in history, Uh, certainly part of our generation. And we are both privileged enough to have remembered him as children, as the great civil rights leader that he was in the 1960s before his tragic assassination. And one of the great movements of that time was for voting rights, which led to the Voting Rights Act in uh, 1965 under Lyndon Johnson. However, there's a history of voting suppression in our country that I'm not sure people are entirely aware of. And so I wanted to just go over a couple of facts here so that people understand that it has not always been a right that we've had as citizens of the United States. So it was 1870 that Black men were granted the right to vote. Prior to that, at the founding of our Constitution, it was only white men, and I believe it was white men who owned property who were given the right to vote. Um, And that was changed later on, but Black men were not granted until 18, were, were not granted the right to vote until 1870. It wasn't until 1920 that women were granted the right to vote, and it wasn't until 1924 that Native Americans were granted the right to vote. And interestingly enough, it wasn't until 1961 that the residents of Washington, D.C. were granted the right to vote. Now, if you do not have the right to vote, you do not have the right to choose who is in office, who is in our political class and holding the power to enforce laws in order to enact and enforce laws in our nation. In 1957, Martin Luther King gave a spate, uh, uh, a, um, Martin Luther King gave a well-known speech called Give Us the Ballot. And one of the quotes in Give Us the Ballot, the speech by Martin Luther King, was give us the ballot and we will fill our legislative halls with men of goodwill. And that is basically what the heart of this is about. It is the right of us to choose men of goodwill who go in and help further our society and the laws of our government. So this attack that we are seeing on our voting rights strikes right at the heart of our democracy. Yes, and and Elaine, you know, you you give a good history there, and it does uh, strike at the heart of our democracy. In 2021, 19 states enacted 
34 laws to make it harder to vote. And this comes in the greater context of, you know, we had the Voting Rights Act of 1965, and we mention, you mention, rightly so, uh, the right to vote being given to different groups that didn't have that right over time. But the fact of the matter is, until 1965, we think about how uh, the South was so segregated and how uh, there was this idea of separate but equal, and we know that that was just completely ridiculous and needed to be abolished and do away with. So even though technically some groups got the right to vote, suppression was strong, particularly in Southern states through 1965, and it could be argued through 2022. And so then, unfortunately, you know, the Voting Rights Act, which did so much good and empowered uh, the Department of Justice on the federal level to go after flagrant and not so flagrant violations of voting rights um, really allowed the government to sue and, and make sure that individuals, particularly of color, have the right to vote and are not impeded in those efforts. So now here we are in 2022, and we would like to see the John Lewis Voting Rights Act passed by the Senate. And also, um, we have the Freedom to Vote Act. And, and my understanding of it, if correct, is that basically the Freedom to Vote Act and the John Lewis Voting Rights Act have sort of been meld into one um, super bill that's been passed by uh, the House. But of course, now it faces a completely uncertain battle in the Senate because of the filibuster rules. And you have Joe Manchin and, and Cinema from Arizona basically preventing this from going forward. So so my question now to you, Elaine, is, you know, we have this history, people have been given the right to vote, but now it seems we're really in retrograde here. We're really fighting for democracy. So what what do you think the solution is? I mean, one solution is to to, to have the Senate uh, do away for the, with the filibuster, but we would need the votes of, of Manchin and Cinema, and then proceed and vote on this voting rights bill. What do you think? Where do we go from here? Okay, I do want to point out to you, Bill, that the Voting Rights Act was watered down by our Supreme Court in 2013, which is why these new bills have been necessary to help the federal government enact stricter voting rights for the people. So the Voting Rights Act, there again in 1965, that was passed during Lyndon Johnson's administration, has been basically gutted. And that is why that these states have been allowed to get away with uh, their prior discriminatory practices and that has led to the necessity to have these new voting rights bills. What is the solution? The solution is very simple. Everybody needs to vote and we need to get registered. We need to get to the polls in 2022 and we need to vote for only those people doesn't matter if they are Democrats, Republicans, or a Green Party or independents, but we make the issue of voting rights the issue of 2022. And unfortunately, about half of our eligible population either isn't registered or do not show up on election day. What I don't understand, and Bill, you put more time on the ground than anybody I know during campaign season, is why do people take their right to vote for granted and do not cherish it and seek to protect it? 
Well, you know, that's that's a really good question, Elaine, because, you know, there there is a huge lag among all types of voting populations in the country um, it, with white voters uh, getting everyone vote uh, registered to vote and getting out to vote is a difficult proposition. And with uh, voters of color, it becomes even a more difficult proposition in terms of numbers. And I think uh, one of the statistics I saw recently is there's like an 18% lag. So to answer your question, why aren't people engaged? Why aren't people voting? Why aren't people outraged when we try to prevent others from voting? One of the things that I see in life is that we have people who work very hard every day. Some people work two jobs. Some people work three jobs. They're trying to put food on the table. They're trying to take care of their families. Um, they're just trying to get by. And yes, it, it, it's sort of counterintuitive. You think, well, that's the person who really should be engaged. That's the person who should get out and vote. But sometimes it's very difficult. It, sometimes it's a lack of, of contact. It's a lack of being connected. It's a lack of someone coming to them and saying, you know, your vote can really matter. Um, because for some people, they just say, well, what's the point? You know, why should I vote? Now, you and I and individuals who are involved in campaigns know it's so important. It makes a difference. We see it in elections. Look at the difference between electing Donald Trump in 2016 and thankfully Biden was elected in 2020. Think of of where we have gone. Think of the improvements already made. But think of what would have happened in 2016 if uh, Hillary Clinton had won and we hadn't had to endure what we endured. So I think that the key is engagement. It's on the, on the ground engagement. Stacey Abrams has it right in Georgia that you have to get out there. You have to knock on doors. You have to talk to people. And that is one way to overcome this. But the, the problem is when you have these laws where they are now enacting laws that say you can't give someone a, a bottle of water in line, or uh, we're going to take all the ballot boxes, the drop-off boxes out of a county. So it, maybe not completely. Maybe they had 100 and now they have one. Ridiculous. So, so I'll toss this back to you now, Elaine, and say, you know, that, that's my kind of explanation why everyone doesn't participate. Um, it's sad. Um, I think we need to do better. I think the other problem is that some people are turned off by politics. What, what's your take on it? What, what's your take on the whole thing? I absolutely agree with you, Bill. And I would also add that people feel that their vote doesn't matter. And that is incumbent upon people like you and I to emphasize that the vote does matter. And you have to look at what your priorities are in life. And if your priorities in life are to ensure the democracy for the next generation and the generation after that going, over, going forward, then we must must take our vote seriously and show up and vote. And that doesn't mean that we have to know all the ins and outs of all of the issues, but we do have to look at what is important to us. And since we are at a critical moment where we have the threat of authoritarianism and nativism in our nation taking over our government, I would argue that the single most important vote is for someone who believes in democracy and cherishes everyone's right to vote. 
Um, sometimes we have to put aside the issues that are important to us, other issues that are important to us and say, wait a minute, this is the number one. And I think going into 2022, this is the number one. Uh, getting back to Martin Luther King, he recognized back in the 50s and the 60s what it would take in order to bring civil rights to the African com American community in this country. And he had the courage in a nonviolent way to bring those rights to fruition. Did he finish the job? No. Did he move the ball forward? more than any other person in our history, did he do that? And so we have to, in a nonviolent way, go to the ballot box, look into our hearts, look into our souls, and decide what we want in our government, what we want the soul of our government to be. And is it, is it as Martin Luther King said, so that we will fill our legislative halls with men of goodwill? I think that is what everyone needs to examine within their hearts and within their souls. And they need to go to their neighbors. They need to go to their relatives. They need to go to their friends and say, look, we have to make this happen. No matter what the suppression is, give up whether you are a Democrat or a Republican or whether the candidate is a Democrat or a Republican. Does he believe in democracy and the right to vote? And by doing that, we will not only give a nod to our forefathers who did their best when they wrote the Constitution in the late 1700s and know that society has moved along and every person, every citizen in this country should have the right to vote and the right to vote in a fair and non-oppressive way. Yeah. So what do you say, Bill? Yeah, well, I think that is so well said. And I think when we talk about our podcast and the nature of our podcast, Politics for the Soul, we should really be looking at this and embracing voting in a very positive, enlightened, loving manner. We should want to celebrate the fact that all citizens are educated about voting and the importance of voting. Students are educated. And then we should all work together. And like you said, Democrat, Republican, Independent, Green Party, whatever you are, work together. And really, voting should be a joy. Election Day should be a national holiday. Early voting should be just part of every county in America. It should just be so, it should be a celebration. And we should be celebrating whether someone is white or black or um, a, an immigrant who came here a number of years ago and now has the right to vote, whether you came from Ireland, whether you came from Italy. We should be celebrating and we should be encouraging and we should say, we want you to vote, whether I agree with you on issues or not. And when I look at very conservative forces, and it happens to be mainly Republican elected officials, because I'm not always convinced that it's necessarily every you know, it's so easy to draw stark lines. Oh, well, all, all Republicans are wanting to suppress votes. I don't see that. But I see the problem is that Republican politicians and, and you know, we focus on mansion and cinema and rightly so if you're a progressive. But think about the fact that there are 50 other uh, members of the Senate who are Republicans who refuse to even uh, support ending the filibuster for the po purpose of voting on a voting rights bill. And, you know, you have to remember that portions of the, the Voting Rights Act of 1960, 
five were renewed overwhelmingly in a bipartisan manner by our Congress a number of years ago. And so we need to get to a point where we we also say to these 50 in the Senate, you know, people like uh, Romney and people um, like Collins from Maine and others who are supposed to be more moderate in their views, where are you? Where do you stand on the side of history? And it's time that we we ensure that voting is truly a right and that it's not taken away. So I think we need to really, we do this soulfulness. And I know for some people, this is very upsetting. This is a very upsetting issue. So don't turn out, tune out, turn out. I want you to turn out, but don't tune out. Just embrace and say, how can I help this? Look up organizations that are dedicated to voting rights. Also, if you're in a community and, and you don't know much about what goes on in elections in your county, take a look at it. And then maybe yourself, look on a local level and run for an office and get involved. Um, but if you don't want to do that much, at least, at least look at this and realize, how can I help some individual who has never registered to vote? Let me encourage that person in my area and help them and get them to fill out a voter registration form and have them vote. So that's just my little take on it. And do you have anything further, Elaine, to add? No, I think we have given the message for the day and the message for this podcast that voting rights are critical to our democracy and that we need to protect the soul of our nation and elect men of goodwill. So with that, I want to say thank you for joining us. I'm Bill Hackett. And I'm Elaine Hurd. Happy birthday, Martin Luther King. Have a great new year have a wonderful day.